Welcome to the Breakfast Leadership Show, where we interview global thought leaders on business, leadership, and life. Here's your host, keynote speaker, best-selling author, and chief burnout officer of the Breakfast Leadership Network, Michael Levitt. Welcome back. I've got Sarah St. John and Sarah, how are you? Good. How are you doing? I am great. I've been looking forward to this for a while. I know we had some uh, challenges to schedule it with our, our various schedules, which are always entertaining. And even though during the pandemic, you think everybody should have all the time in the world, which that is not reality, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, it has been an intense year for, for all of us. So, Sarah, tell us a little bit about what you do and your show and, and some of the things you're doing. Well, I have a show called Frugalpreneur, uh, building a business on a bootstrap budget. And well, it's kind of a long story how I got the idea for the show. Uh, My background is that I've been an entrepreneur for over a decade now, but I started with a photography business and just the upkeep and maintenance and the expense of that, of upkeeping equipment, lenses, lighting, software, just everything. It was just getting expensive. Plus, I realized that I like taking pictures of animals and landscapes and architecture and things like that, not really people, which is where the money is. I was doing weddings and portraits. So I decided I need to switch into an online business because that would be a lot more affordable. And I tried different things like drop shipping, affiliate marketing, uh, blogging, all these different things. And in the process of doing that, I was always like looking for free or affordable tools to manage my business. And I was thinking, I've, I've discovered so many free or affordable tools, I, I could write a book on this. <laughs> so I got the idea to write a book. Um, The name Frugalpreneur, it's also the name of the book, um, came from, I was in a Dave Ramsey uh, financial peace class and he was talking about all these ways to, you know, save money and pay down debt and all that. And I was thinking, well, that's all great, but what about making more money, you know, to save and pay down debt? And for some reason, the word frugalpreneur came to my mind and I was like, hmm. So I wrote the book frugalpreneur and then I was like, I should start a podcast to coincide with the book. Um, It was just kind of a short-term plan. It was just going to be kind of along with it, just a few episodes. Um, But I've realized that I really enjoy podcasting and that's kind of where I'm I'm going to stay with, I'm working on another book called Podcast Preneur um, that'll be out in a couple of months and also a course as well. Uh, and I just, I love podcasting and just listening to podcasts, making podcasts, just the whole industry. And it's like booming now. It's been around for, I think, 16 years, but it just been in the past year or so that it's really skyrocketed I think and so you know I still have the frugalpreneur podcast and focusing on ways different ways people can make money online and how to do it affordably 
but then I'm also going to be focusing on podcasting as well, like teaching people how to podcast and why you should and uh, how to incorporate that into your business and uh, grow your business, basically. It's a wonderful platform. I launched my show in uh, February of 2017, so time this recording, uh, almost three and a half years ago, and it's been an amazing journey, and I get to talk to incredible human beings like yourself and other people that are doing amazing things in this world that I would not have had the opportunity to do if I didn't launch a show, uh, and what it's done is it it creates opportunities for a variety of different things. It's definitely helped with my speaking business. It's helped with, especially right now with, you know, virtual conferences that are basically the only conferences that you can do right now during a pandemic, which means I've been able to pivot and speak at events that I may not have been able to before because I've got all the equipment. I've got the lighting, I've got the camera, I've got the computer, the microphone, all the things, so I can do all of these things. And um, I've, I've been able to spend more time on PowerPoint than I ever thought I would ever desire to do in my life because I've never been a fan of it, but I understand kind of helps in a presentation because looking at a spreadsheet is not as, as pleasurable and a Word document, even worse. But long story short, it's an incredible platform and the entry fee, and I look forward to your new book and, and obviously the, um, the course that follows because a lot of people that want to do a show, they don't necessarily understand all the bells and whistles that you need, but tying in really well with the fruitful side of things, you don't need to spend a ton of money to do something. You really don't. It, uh, cameras if you're going to do the video thing which I do recommend uh, because people consume things differently like the content that I do you know kind of peel back the curtain a little bit in content that I create I can have my podcast I can have a video podcast I can have a written article blog post you know social media post five or six different flavors of the same thing that I just did and what I've discovered is I have audiences in all of those platforms and the majority of the audience members don't cross-pollinate. So people that watch my videos on YouTube have never heard my show or people that listen to my show have never been to my blog, even though I tell them in the show notes, go here, go here, I tell them where to go. Um, you know, as far as finding my stuff, I don't tell people where to go. That's another conversation for another <laughs> show. Uh, yeah, that'll be in the outtakes maybe. Uh, but at the end of the day, it's a, it's a content creation thing. It gets you out there as a thought leader in whatever you want to talk about. And we've seen the industry explode. Yes, it helps that you know, people like Joe Rogan and Tim Ferriss are making some significant coin from sponsorships and things like that. But you can still put out a show and you can get some monetization opportunities or monetization opportunities in other areas because you have a podcast show. And yes, there's a, a ton of shows being launched every week and, and whatnot, but I, I don't know if the statistics are still the same because this is something that Dory Clark shared with me on an interview we did a while back, was the majority of podcast shows die after about 12 episodes because people go, I'm done. I don't feel like doing this anymore. So your show, my show, and a lot of the shows that are out there that have a lot more shows than that, 
they realized, okay, this is, we want to do this. It's important. And like you thought, I'm just going to do a few episodes to be done. And then you realize, wait, I actually like this. So congratulations on continuing through. And obviously you're one of the many that once they launch a show, they go, you know what? I'm going to launch another one. Mm-hmm. Not, not that you have anything better to do, but no, I'm serious. It, you, you saw a need and you, now you're creating content for that. So congratulations on that. So let's dive in a little bit onto the frugal side of things for entrepreneurs. And again, we can bounce back and forth between the podcast of things and, and small businesses and, and startups and whatnot. But what are some common mistakes that you see people make when they're just starting off and they want to launch their business? What are some things that you see time and time again? Uh, well, one thing that I have struggled with is that I spend so much time learning and not implementing. Uh, so I've recently adopted this concept of for every hour that I spend learning, spend another hour implementing and so, and it's important to learn whether it's by podcasts or books or uh, courses, but at a certain point, you need to start doing what you're learning or otherwise, what's the point? <laughs> and so, I would say that's definitely one, and I think a lot of people struggle with that. Another is maybe shiny object syndrome, which I've had before is where <laughs> you you're constantly getting ideas. I think that's how entrepreneurs are, how our brains work is that you're just always thinking, oh, that's a good idea and that's a good idea. I should try that. And I've done that. And and it, I think it's okay to test different things out if it's not expensive to do so. Um, but at a certain point, you got to zero in on something <laughs> and I've tried a bunch of different things and you know like I had the photography business I had a online travel agency I did the drop shipping all these different things and but the whole podcasting um, industry whether it's the podcast itself the book the course whatever um, that's where I'm zeroing in on but and it took me you know, a decade <laughs> to get there. Cause I think as you go through the process, you launch different businesses and whatnot, at least that was my experience. And then move on to something else. I think you learn something along the way and you can take that into the next business and the next one. So, you know, people might think it's a failure if your business doesn't succeed or, you decide you don't really want to do that after all. And so you move on to something else, but I think you can still learn from the experience and whatnot. And sometimes you have to try to, <laughs> 10 different things before you find the thing that you're uh, meant to stick with. So um, yeah, I would say spend as much time implementing as you are learning and um Try not to get distracted by the shiny object syndrome. And a good colleague, Kim Sutton, who uh, I've been on her show, and she's got uh, an amazing show and does amazing work. But yeah, she she identifies as you know struggling with shiny object because there's so many great things out there. Uh, it and I talk about people that burn out, and oftentimes what happens with people that burn out is they take on too many things. Their, their plate is too full of opportunities and they're all great things. It's not like, well, I'm going to 
say I'm going to spend 16 hours a day watching Netflix and then I'm going to allocate 10 hours a day for doing this and I'm going to spend this many hours on Xbox. Or, no, these are all great things, especially if they're a business owner. They're like, well, I'm going to do this and this and I got to get this and I'm going to use the ClickFunnels and I'm going to do that. And they start going all these things. And you're like, okay, you've soft launched all of these things, but nothing is finished. You've just kind of done a little bit here, a little bit little. It's like, no, just pick something, finish it, see what happens. You know, John Maxwell wrote a book, Sometimes You Win, Sometimes You Learn. And many businesses have not been successful for a variety of reasons, but you still can learn from those experiences. You know, my career path has been very diverse as far as the skills that I've picked up over my career. And I've worked in dynamically different industries and dynamically different roles, but I use the tools and expertise that I picked up with all of those in my daily life and the work that I do now. If you ask me, okay, where did you learn how to do that? I may or may not be able to tell you because it's just part of my DNA. But I see it a lot with entrepreneurs that try different things until they find something that lands. I've got a cousin that um, has done that and tried all kinds of different businesses and whatnot. And then he found a business that was really close to a passion that he's had his entire life and I'm not going to share his name or his clientele, but um, it's music industry and the names of his clients are well known, to say the least. Mm -hmm. And that was something that he landed on. Mm -hmm. And But you know, he kept trying and he found something and it's been really good for him. And I'm proud of him. I don't think he listens to my show, but I know his mom does and my aunt, so... <laughs> wave and wake. Uh, they know who I, they know who they are. Um, but again, when you're an entrepreneur and you want to do things, you want to be as wise as you can. Frugal is a great word for it because you can save those dollars if you're saving a little bit of money here and there. Instead of buying the five hundred dollar microphone and a thousand dollar camera, you spend the fifty dollar headset with a decent microphone and. Well, the camera and lighting was a little bit more, but you know this this isn't my typical setup room. So, thanks, COVID. Uh, but <laughs> but the beautiful thing is now I've got equipment that allows me to to do this stuff, and it's uh, you, you just you work with it. And now I've got stuff that can work, and yeah, I've kept it affordable, so I can do the things that I'm doing. And that's the thing; it's just you don't have to go and get the top notch of anything. It's like, what do you need to do? Start. And then you can scale. You can always upgrade. This is, you know, the camera that I'm using. Yes, this computer has a camera, but the camera that I have has better quality. It looks better. And I was able to update it and cause I didn't use it additionally, but then it's like, okay, let's get a better camera with some lighting and whatnot. So again, those are things over time as revenue comes in, you can say, all right, I'm going to allocate a little of this, a little of this and plan accordingly. So do you find in, in, in the work that you've done and in the people you talk to that, you know, the, the revenue starts coming in and they immediately want to spend all of it on this thing instead of maybe waiting back a little bit um, using an old retail analogy, instead of going in and, putting the whole thing on credit card and taking it home today, they kind of put it on a layaway. 
Uh, and they said, let's, let's put a little bit each time and then eventually we'll get to pay for it. Do you find that's a, a common challenge with a lot of people? Yeah, I think so. Um, I think what you were mentioning, uh, I think one of the biggest struggles that people have when they get into starting a business is just thinking that everything, they needed the top end of everything like you were talking about. But I mean, I have a blog post about how my whole, um, other than the computer that I'm using, my whole setup for podcasts is under a hundred dollars, like my mic 60 bucks and whatnot. And so, yeah, definitely people, especially if someone isn't sure that they're going to stick with whatever it is, whatever business model they're choosing and they're just trying it out. They definitely should approach it from a frugal perspective and spend the least amount as, as of money as possible that can get the job done basically because mm-hmm. uh, there are, you know, $500 mics, but, and I'm sure they're better to some degree, but like, are they that much better to make it, you know, it, so um, what you were talking about or the question that you asked reminds me of, there's this new show on TV called I Quit. It's only had two episodes so far and it's about entrepreneurs who, they work a regular day job and then they're trying to launch a business on the side. And at a certain point, they get to the point where they quit their day job and go all in on their, um, their business. And some of these, like this one couple uh, bought a soccer team or something like that, or a soccer club. And this is in America where soccer isn't really that big. I mean, little kids play soccer, you know, but I don't know of any kind of like professional, you know, soccer team in America. I mean, maybe I'm wrong, but um, it's just not really a big thing here, I don't think. And they purchased... Yeah, it's a a soccer club, I think. Whatever that means, I don't know. (laughs) And they're not they're not paying like their mortgage. They're using the money that they would have paid for their mortgage to like kind of keep funding this thing. And anyway, so uh, when I see their story, because it's a bunch of different people on the show, different stories, but that one in particular, I'm just like. Uh, really? <laughs> um, it, I, I don't know. That's just my opinion on that. But <laughs> I, yeah, people can definitely, I mean, when you're not paying your mortgage and when you're, there's just so many mistakes that people make when they're launching a business. You don't need to drop thousands of dollars and, you know, just start small with a bare minimum and and I think with online business, that's easy to do. Whereas if you're trying to open like a brick and mortar retail shop or something, that's kind of a whole different thing. And so <laughs> that's why I focus on online. Yeah, online is a much I guess, safer place as long as you're keeping yourself in check and avoiding the shiny objects. And uh, yes, there is a professional uh, soccer league. There's a few in the U.S. Major oh. League Soccer. Major League Soccer is one of them. You know, they've got 
teams in some of the larger cities. You know, it's got hmm. a following, um, nowhere near to what it is, you know, in Europe and other you know countries and whatnot like that. And it's yeah, it's it's one of those things where it's taken a very long time for it to catch on in the United States during the Olympics. Um, it tends to get a little bit more traction, uh, but uh, for some reason, it's never caught on. And I think part of it is not you know, not to derail our, our chat, but I think because the other major sports that we have in the United States are so gigantic, you know, NFL, baseball, basketball, and even hockey, you know, is is definitely fourth in that in that scheme. Uh, and and I, I've lived in three of the original six NHL cities, so it pains me to say that sometimes, but I get it, I understand. Um, but it's one of those things where, yeah when you buy a team, you should be able to buy a team when your financial house is literally in order. If you're not making mortgage payments to bankroll something else, that's not taking care of yourself. You're taking care of others to the detriment of yourself. And that's not, that's not good. And I'm going to have to check that show out because that, mm. that's, that's one of those things where I, I, I would probably be just shaking my head like you were going, <laughs> I can't believe they're doing this. You can't eat. You have to take care of yourself first. And that includes your financial well-being. And if you don't, then the whole concept of launching your own business to get your own financial freedom or additional income ends up being a burden where you've actually increased your bills and you're working full time and you're doing this on the side and you have more bills than you did before. So you're actually making less and you're working longer hours and you're going, what am I doing wrong? Well, you went in too fast, too quickly, and you need to scale it a lot slower. It's going to take longer than you want it to, but you have to, you know, going back to that conversation I had earlier today, um, you know, what, what's the intent? What do you want to do out of this and map it out and, you talk with people that have done it already um, and find mentors and and be brutally open to hear what they have to say because it may not be what you want to hear because people that launch businesses, they think I'm going to be a bazillionaire. You might. You might be. But it doesn't happen overnight. You know, Amazon did not grow to what it is today overnight. It's taken decades. Same thing mm-hmm. with Facebook and Apple was in deep trouble and now they're a $2 trillion organization, it, it's, it, but it takes time and a lot of other things have to play into part. So mm-hmm. if, if there was, in closing, if there was one piece of advice you'd give to entrepreneurs, and I'm guessing shiny object is one of them, but is there anything else <laughs> you would tell them to really focus on when, when they're launching their business? Um, yeah, the shiny object syndrome, avoiding that if you can. Uh, and then also the, implementing the um for every hour that you spend learning spend another hour implementing uh let's see and i guess well this kind of goes with shiny object syndrome but at a certain point narrowing in on one thing um i think that's was my biggest issue for several years is just kind of juggling a bunch of things and running multiple businesses at the same time I guess just seeing which one sticks, I guess, or which one I like the most. And I think that's okay for a while, but at a certain point, if you find something that you really enjoy, that's sticking, that you're doing well at, that's generating some kind of income that, you know, is affordable to do, I would focus on that. So, yeah, zeroing in. 
That's perfect and great advice for every entrepreneur, no matter their, if they're in year one or year 10 of their business. Focus in. You focus on the one thing that you can do better than everybody else. And if you do that, you'll be, you'll be good. Your business will grow. So, Sarah, I've loved our conversation today. Where can people find out more about you and this awesome work you're doing? So my website is thesarahstjohn.com. That's S-A-R-A-H-S-T-J-O-H-N. So thesarahstjohn.com. And then forward slash free, uh, I have two PDFs, free downloads of my first two books on that link. And then social media is just everywhere, pretty much at the Sarah St. John. Awesome. And I'll definitely have that in the show notes. So Sarah, thanks again for being on the show. I really love the work you're doing and continued success. And congratulations again on the upcoming book and the new course. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Breakfast Leadership Show, part of the Breakfast Leadership Network. Visit breakfastleadership.com for tips on empowering your business and your life.